Back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. We're reaching near Deadpool levels, USA Today says. Deadpool levels with regards to the amount of water out west in some of these major uh, dams and uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name of uh, uh, Reservoirs. That, that is the word I was looking for. These reservoirs are almost too low. I, we went out uh, with the Western Caucus to uh, Lake Mead and saw near the Hoover Dam there that they almost don't have enough water to even get into the to the intake. What is a dead pool? A big concern has been the drastically falling levels at two of the West's biggest reservoirs, Lake Powell and Lake Mead, which have fallen to one-third their capacity The fear is that they could hit what is known as Deadpool with catastrophic consequences. Reading an article from USA Today just out this week, Deadpool is the level at which the water behind either the Hoover or Glen Canyon Dam is too low to flow out halting downstream flows. Water managers worry that could happen within two years. There's another number to worry about, the inactive pool, which is when water is still flowing out of the dams, but not enough to generate hydroelectricity. So they're worried out there in Nevada that they may not even have enough water to generate and power Las Vegas. But there's, this is so, uh, there's so much more to this than what's being even laid out in this article. And you need someone like Greg Walcher, who's a fellow at the Centennial Institute, and he's written books about this. He served on Governor Owen's cabinet as the head of Colorado Department of Natural Resources. He's got a great background on what's really causing this. He wrote an article titled, Declining Water Levels Caused by Government, Not Climate. Mr. Greg Walcher, what is happening here? It, it really is important that people understand the role that the federal government plays in this. Uh, because the water of waters of Colorado belong to the people of Colorado, and the waters of California belong to the people of California. The problem is that the government owns the dams and reservoirs, and pipelines and canals and all sorts of in- infrastructure, uh, including Lake Powell and uh, and Hoover Dam. Um, so when the government decides that it wants to just open the headgate and let the water go, th- they're doing that actually in violation of the interstate compact Hmm. the reason that lake powell was built it's true that lake powell generates electricity for las vegas but that is not the primary reason that that reservoir exists Hmm. the primary reason it was built was to administer the interstate compact in other words between the lower basin and upper basin someplace you have to decide where half of the water is being held to the upper basin and half of it's going to the lower basin and lake powell is the faucet by which we administer that so if California is using more than its share of water, somebody needs to close the headgate at Lake Powell and stop sending it downstream. And the exact opposite has been happening. So we, even when we get a wet year, say 2011, which was the wettest year in the, the last 50 or so in the upper basin, 5 million additional acre feet flowed into Lake Powell beyond what's, what's average. And the government simply opened the headgate and let it go so that it went downstream to Lake Mead and to, and to California. So people now are saying, well, how are we ever going to refill Lake Powell 
and get it up to the level it's supposed to be. And the, the answer is that's like trying to fill up a bathtub when the drain is, when the when the drain plug is pulled out. Hmm. If the government isn't going to administer the dam in accordance with the law, then somebody needs to hold the government to account and say you don't have the authority to simply let our water go in violation of the compact. That's the position Colorado needs to be taking. Why does California get away with this? Uh, is it because they're not interested in being team players? They're just going to represent their constituents and, you know, as much water as we can possibly get. Uh, we don't care what other states are going to yell and scream. We're just going to take as much as we want. Why does California act like this? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a negotiation that's been going on between the states for since the day the compact was signed. Uh, California agreed to a, uh, to a set of milestones by which it would reduce its share of the river down to its entitlement 20 years ago when I was at the Department of Natural Resources. And there's a series of milestones that they have not only missed but ignored. Uh, and so the negotiation continues to go on. For California, they're just doing what's cheapest for their own people. The cheapest thing is to take Colorado water and get the Bureau of Reclamation to give it to them. That's a lot cheaper um, than the other sources of water. But California is in, is in a position of huge advantage over the rest of us, not just because we're so outnumbered population-wise and in terms of the numbers of members of Congress and electoral votes and so on. Uh, it isn't just that. California sits on 800 miles of coastline on the largest body of water in the world. <laughs> and so what other people are saying, why don't they get into desalinization like thousands of other projects all over the world in all kinds of countries are doing? And, and California, uh, you know, they say that they want to do that. It's part of Gavin Newsom's water plan. And yet the largest desalinization project, which was in the planning stages for more than 20 years, was voted down unanimously by the California Coastal Commission. So they give it lip service, but when it comes right down to it, it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper to take Colorado water and to get the government to do their bidding than for them to do the right thing and build the infrastructure that we all know they can afford. Do you know why they voted it down? Uh, because of the opposition of local people in the community where it was going to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, they didn't want a desalinization plant to interrupt their beaches and I guess views nobody and wants stuff like that. in their own backyard anymore. But, you know, once, once again, due respect to the people who live there, and I don't feel animosity toward them, but it isn't our problem if, if, uh, if you know, they can get the water that they're entitled to from a lot easier easier ways uh, than taking it from Colorado. Hmm. And by the way, Jeff, there is only one defense that Colorado has against, uh, against the fact that it is so horribly outnumbered by all of the other states, and especially by California. The only defense we have against that is the law, and that is to say the interstate compact and the other legal agreements that form the law of the river is the protection for all of the smaller states uh, against against it being run over by California. So any time that we hear anybody in any of the other states say it's time to renegotiate the compact, Colorado draws a deep line in the sand and says under no circumstances will we renegotiate the interstate compact. That is, a, that is the biggest threat there is to Colorado's future. Now, but aren't we being forced to by the federal government now? The federal government has no such authority. The interstate compact 
is an agreement among seven states ratified by the U.S. Congress, signed by the president, upheld by the Supreme Court numerous mm. times. There's not a, not a word in it that says anything about the Bureau of Reclamation <laughs> having the authority to do anything differently just because there's a drought. So what are they... Wh- wh- <laughs> I guess why do we even take this seriously uh, if, if they have no authority, right? They, they have said that they want this to be... Rene- they want the states to get together, and if the states don't come up with an idea on what to do, then they're going to step in. But what authority do they have to step in? They, they have no such authority. What needs to happen is, it, is the correct interpretation of the interstate compact, not renegotiating its terms, hmm. but interpreting it correctly. And let me just make this point as specifically as I can. If anybody thinks that Colorado ever agreed, ever, in 1922 or any other time, to the system that the Bureau has been using, uh, then they defy common sense. To think that Colorado agreed to give California a fixed amount of water, no matter what the flow of the river was in the future, is just plain silly. Hmm. What needs to happen is the percentages need to stay the same, which is where you started out this whole discussion. Uh, the percentages could stay the same. And so if the flow of the river is no longer the 16 million acre feet that they once thought it was, now it's two or three million acre feet a year below that. Fine. You still split the water half and half between the upper basin and the lower basin. Hmm. Colorado's still entitled to its percentage of that. And by the way, the upper basin, four states, have a separate compact of themselves on how to administer their half. And, and our compact is based on percentages, not on a fixed flow. The lower basin has never been able to make such an agreement. And so they've been back and forth to the Supreme Court in a series of cases known as Arizona v. California, where the Supreme Court essentially set up the Interior Department as the water master for the lower basin, Hmm. not for the upper basin, because we have a separate compact. So you leave the percentages the same, and you say the lower basin still gets their half. If they get the same percentages that they've been getting, California would be entitled to 3.3 million acre feet not 4.4. Colorado would still be getting about the same amount of water we're now using, but that is the fair um, and accurate way to administer the compact. So do you think it was good that Colorado engaged with the other states to try to renegotiate this uh, prior, this request from the federal government to, to address these drop in, this drop in the, in the river? Well, absolutely. Colorado needs to be at the table every yeah. time there's any kind of a discussion, and always has been. Colorado has, has always engaged in, and in fact led most of these negotiations over the years. So I'm not suggesting that we don't participate in that. But there's a misnomer in the, in the, in the terminology in that article that essentially says that we are participating in a negotiation to rewrite the interstate compact. Right. That's not what's happening. That's We're not, not what's happening. Okay. No, we're not interested in rewriting the compact. We're interested in negotiating with the other states on how it gets administered. Okay, gotcha. No, that's a that's a lot to cover there. And as you can see, friends, this is why we want to have Greg Walcher, a fellow at the Centennial Institute, author of Smoking Them Out, The Theft of the Environment, and How to Take It Back on the show. We're going to continue this conversation because I want to understand what this is going to mean for the state. What's going to happen to whitewater rafting? If you know that's important to me, how about fishing? How about our farmers? All of that is important. I'm going to ask him how...
Governor Polis might be doing protecting our rights as well. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour. We'll be right back. <laughs> 